All right. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> well, thankfully, my uh, health is taking a turn for the better. Um, and hopefully I'll be back to 100% within a day or two, which is great. I feel like myself again. And I have that extra 10%, 20% of energy that allows me to share more instead of simply holding on by my fingers. I had a long conversation with a friend yesterday in which one of the things that we talked about was the dynamic of working for yourself where you never quite know when to stop that it's always tempting to continue in any given moment because unless you provide them, there are no clear boundaries of when you should be working and when you shouldn't. Um, or when you should be working and when you don't have to. And, and therefore, it's, it's always tempting in the moment to use the example he gave of me of of, well, you could carve, you know, maybe I should carve another spoon today. If I can squeeze in just one more, that's whatever, 30 bucks, and that adds up. You know, if I do one more each day, then that's 150 bucks a week. Well, that's 600 bucks a month, in theory. If I, if I put, push myself like that, that was rent back in our old place. So, uh... And, and what I found myself saying was that <clears throat> I don't find myself in that place anymore. And I thought I'd unpack in this episode the different elements that came together to create a workflow for me where I am clear about when I'm working. I have pretty strong boundaries around not working when I'm not working. And, and I don't work an insane number of hours. Now, the first thing I should say is that this is after years of working as much as I possibly could because we just didn't have enough money. So a lot of this is made possible by the fact that my wife is out of school now and working and we just have enough money coming in. So obviously a lot depends on your situation. If you were the sole breadwinner as I was for five and a half years you're probably going to find yourself in a situation where you're just scrambling for every dollar that you can. And that's okay. And in that case, it becomes more a question of, of making sure that you are maintaining your health. Because certainly my physical health suffered in those years in large part because when faced with the temptation of earning a little more money versus um, versus you know committing time to exercise i opted for earning more money you know when faced with the choice of earning more money versus 
getting better sleep, I opted for more money. When faced with the choice of earning more money versus going easy enough on my body that I wasn't hurting myself, I opted to really flirt with that edge of hurting with myself. So, I know what it is to be in that space. Hold on, I gotta cuff my pants. Um, I know what it is to be in that space of um, there we go. In that space of making those choices. And I know what it, I know what it feels like and I know why you would do it. And I feel very grateful to not be in that space anymore. But it's not just uh, my wife resuming work and us having enough money that allowed me to get out of that mentality. A lot of what allowed me to get out of that mentality of making those choices that ultimately were short-sighted or short-term choices were the following things. The first thing was sticking with the thing that I was doing long enough to build up momentum and expertise and and demand to the point where my prices could increase. And I've done that in a, a handful of businesses, but I think one of the things that is tricky is that whenever you start out in a business, you're, you're not going to start out with as much pull and therefore as, as high a price as you will later on. And there's a certain amount of time that varies depending on the circumstances that you have to put in in order to get there because if you do a good job, things build, but it takes time for them to build. And it can be tempting to jump around. And so you jump from thing to thing to thing, looking for the thing that's going to give you that higher return. And, and to some degree, that's fine, because you're also looking for the thing that you enjoy doing. But it also means that every time you jump, that you lose the, the ground that you had gained previously. And so the first thing that had to happen for me was I had to build up a level of demand that allowed me to raise my prices and then allowed me to raise my prices again. And that took a long time and required me to become better at a whole bunch of things that I was bad at, not least of which was the stuff I was selling, but also was the way I was presenting myself, my skills in doing so, and, and my systems in general. Once I had reached a place where I could start increasing my prices, and if you're interested more in my prices, go back and listen to past episodes. There's been a number of episodes where I've laid out my thoughts on price and how it's a tool that we can use to achieve what we want and how so often we overprice ourselves at first by 
improperly comparing ourselves to people we think are our peers who are not our peers. And that can torpedo our efforts before we hardly even begin. At any rate, go listen to those if you're interested. But once I'd put myself in a position to start raising my prices over time, the next thing to do was to, uh, while continuing to diversify what I was offering, to start to discriminate between the different ways that I was spending my time. And depending on how much traction each element was getting, I was able to increase my prices at different levels and different things had different sort of profit margins. And so it quickly became apparent that uh, certain things were more worth my time doing than other things. And we're just getting more traction had or had a better profit margin. And so... Uh, and so sometimes... So sometimes what I did was... Uh, well, the real example is, is teaching. So at first I wasn't sure how much traction I was going to have with teaching. So I would essentially coordinate to teach people whenever they could wanted to be taught. And I did a lot of teaching on the weekend, uh, which was hard for my family. And there was even one summer where I basically was gone most weekends teaching at uh, different craft schools. And that was very difficult for them and for me. And so... After that summer, I felt like I had enough demand that I could say, you know what, I'm only teaching on the weekdays. And if you want to learn from me, you have to come on weekdays. And that was a really important step for me to reclaim my weekends and to say quite clearly, this is a boundary that I'm going to hold separate from my work life. Now, at the time, I was still sort of working around my wife's school schedule and scrambling for dollars. So it was, it felt like a real significant decision to hold the weekend more sacred for my personal life, but was a tremendously important one. The other thing that has helped me clarify uh, when I should and should not be working has been having quotas, monetary targets of production, of productivity that I aim for that are sort of daily, weekly, I don't really measure monthly, but that that in theory add up to a yearly average. And I don't always hit them because they're they're designed to push me. But by having them, I definitely get closer or further along than I would if I didn't have them. Now, of course, in order to have 
a quota, you need to be able to measure something. You need to have some sense of of the history of sort of what you have historically done. So it's helpful to have a year or two of data in, at, at hand to say, okay, I made this much last year doing this. What can I reasonably do to improve upon that this year? And also you can look at your time and say, okay, you know, I seem to be spending my time this way. What if I spent my time doing a little more of that? Or what if I you know, did this to increase my productivity? Do I have sufficient demand for that? And one thing that people usually get themselves in trouble with at the beginning is having more time committed to the thing they're doing than they have demand. And... There's obviously a sweet spot where you charge as much as people are willing to pay for your work and then it either fills your time or it doesn't, but it, you know, you're sort of getting the maximum return for your time. And that's one strategy if you want to maximize return for your time. Of course, that's a sliding scale. You can charge three times as much as you're charging now and you'll get, you know, one-eighth the amount of work. Um, and it, you have to decide what your long-term vision for yourself is. Because one of the things that I've talked about in my price episodes is how by using a low price, I was able to generate more demand, which then pushed me to do more of my craft than I otherwise would have, which meant that I became better faster than I otherwise would have, which both gave me a competitive advantage with my peers, but also kept me uh, doing interesting things as far as my community was concerned, and also... Um, was a better long-term investment. But it was an investment because I gave up dollars up front in order to achieve that outcome. So you've got to know what you want. But uh, in my case, I found having a quota very helpful because it means that when I reach that quota, uh, depending on how I'm sort of fixed for the week and whether I'm on target for that, I know that I'm, that it's okay to not push super hard beyond that. Now, my quota is designed to, so that I have to push to reach it, but there are some days when, uh, when I soar right past it. And just having the quota in general means that if on a given week I'm doing really well in terms of meeting my quota and then something comes up where I think, you know, either for health reasons I decide that it'd be good to back off a bit or some opportunity to spend time with friends or family comes up, I can make a more accurate assessment of, you know what, 
I'm going to do it and have a clear sense that it's not going to affect my bottom line too much. Now, in order for a quota to work, there's another element that needs to come into play. And this is a trickier one for people because not everybody has the same business model as I have. But I will say that part of what makes the quota effective is that I know that everything I make is already sold. It is made uh, on commission for somebody who asked for it. And that's almost always true. It's, it's not entirely true. I've started doing more uh, weekly specials, although I haven't been doing them the last couple of weeks because I've been right up against the wall in terms of what I need to produce. But um, but what I get from having <clears throat> a commissions-based business model is, is that it takes the uncertainty out of predicting how much money I'll actually earn. Because if you don't have that model, if instead you work on the model of, say, going to farmer's markets or craft shows or something where your sales are, are detached from your productivity. Now, it's quite possible to go to shows that are so strong where you... Or, or have your productivity to be so curtailed that you're going to sell, you know, everything you've got and wish you had more. But those instances are fairly rare, and usually they come from having a long history of being in a place, having a fairly low price, having people know you and value you. And, and also they're rare just in the sense that um, there are natural fluctuations to what people will buy over time. And I've, I used to be a vegetable farmer selling mostly and almost exclusively at farmer's markets, so I know this from, from real experience. Uh, it is unpredictable, even if it is sort of predictable in the seasons-wide sense. So the point is, there's always going to be a certain amount of slop if you're carving for farmer's markets, because you might carve a whole bunch of things that nobody wants and not have enough of the things that people do want. And so there's a great deal of inefficiency in the system that makes it harder to say, well, you know, um, I'm, I'm good today. I've done what I need to do. Because the temptation is going to be much stronger to produce more of various things just as a hedge against the possibility that they might sell. So where does all of this take us? Where it takes us is that um, I think it's incredibly important for everyone, whether you're self-employed or not, to have clear boundaries around when you work and when you don't work. And to have articulated, to consciously articulate the other important things that you want to prioritize whether it's family time, creative time, large, large goals and projects, time, professional development in other ways, 
of course, taking care of your health and and working on your your body um, in whatever ways are appropriate for you um, and maintaining it and improving it and and you won't have those well let's just say that protecting those priorities is a is a non-stop effort in which you need to be constantly um, reiterating that, no, no, I want to spend time doing these. And so there's a whole host of other sort of tools and ideas that can help you in this, one of which that's very important for me is my weekly to-do list, in which I make sure to write down, you know, my to-do list this morning was not just about saying, you know, here's the things I need to remember to do. Don't forget to call this person. Don't forget to send these emails. Don't forget to bake the loaf of bread. But it's also, you know, it has work on the book on it. It's the very first thing. I was up at 5 o'clock with my wife. She does yoga. I work on my book project, whatever the, the sort of big project is. Uh, and it also had do my core exercises so those things are written on the to-do list and and I find that writing them on the to-do list helps to give them as much weight as as the professional things because otherwise they will always lose out um, but there are and if you are lucky enough or have enough fortitude, prioritizing things early in the morning before the other parts of your day step in and demand your time and energy is certainly helpful. Of course, sometimes, oftentimes, it sucks to get up at five in the morning. I don't want to do that, but I do it because I know that Otherwise, it's likely not to happen. If I don't do this podcast right now, when I'm walking the dogs in the morning, it is far less likely to happen. And I certainly wouldn't be able to devote half an hour to it the way I'm doing today. So front-loading the things that are priorities is helpful in terms of getting them done. But it doesn't address the issue of how to... how to establish boundaries on the work that you're doing. And that comes from a concerted effort of getting all these other pieces in place, of earning enough money that you can afford to step back, right? Which it comes from a whole host of traits and decisions made over years. And that's not even getting into lifestyle choices that might be uh, undermining your efforts to step back, right? Where you're spending more than you're earning and you've got to get that under control and reshape your habits there before you, before you're going to have a chance of being able to make better choices for your body and for your relationships. And 
But then in terms of, of your actual work, I think it's important to analyze how you're going about your work and how you're thinking about your work and your productivity and your standards and your performance so that you can set benchmarks that allow you to be done. Because at the end of the day, what you need is a clear standard of, and now I'm allowed to be done. And this is the thing that dogs so many people, whether you work for someone else and you find yourself answering emails or taking work home or staying late the way my wife does at her job, or if you work for yourself and you find yourself tempted in the evening to continue doing all the work that didn't get done during the day. And one of the things I've been trying to be better at is not allowing myself to do work stuff in the evening. So for instance, last night I could have done a bunch of work on the magazine, but I've decided that it's always going to be tempting to do that. And I'm just going to decide to not do that. That I know that even if, like last night, I'm not spending more quality time with my family, but it's instead I'm like finishing a movie and chatting with my wife. Even if it's not because I'm going to go for a, an evening walk with the family or, you know, something that would obviously be a good choice. It is still important for me to make that choice because at the end of the day, I'm not going to know whether I can make it all work in terms of earning enough money per year to make it work and have a healthy lifestyle unless I make the healthy choices now. And only then will I have the data that is clear enough that can tell me, you know what? Not as you didn't earn as much as would have been good, and so as long as I have the cash flow, as then I'm able to meet my monthly expenses, which can be altered by any number of large and small decisions. As long as I have the cash flow to meet my monthly expenses, I'm running this experiment of. Let's set some very reasonable boundaries on my work life and get a much healthier level of sleep, uh, leisure time, time devoted to maintaining my body, time for relationships, time for other projects, just time. And... I'm clawing back that time with every tool that I have available to me. And only then will I be able to see, okay, that's the baseline. And maybe it's not as much money as I would have earned, but we'll start there and we'll build. But this time we'll build with these clear boundaries. And I think that will make for a much more sustainable future going forward. Because I don't want to be one of those 
people who burns out after 10 years of doing something because they did it in a way that ignored all the other parts of their life and then suffered some medical cost or psychological cost or relationship cost. And I've seen it. I've seen all three of those things in my peers. Even as they've achieved real success professionally. And so that's the long game that I'm playing. It's sidestepping all of that. And trying to set myself up so that I can achieve the professional success. But in a way that leaves me the rest of my life unscarred. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk tomorrow.